Welcome to the frontier of the metaverse, where we learn from high quality entrepreneurs, artists, and change makers shaping the future of the metaverse. Here we discuss how to level up, how to get started, and how to get ahead of the opportunity. I'm your host, Howard Kingston. This week's guest is Ryan Carson. Ryan is founder of 121 Fund, a venture capital fund investing exclusively in NFTs. Ryan is a hugely credible entrepreneur. He's built and sold a number of companies in the Web2 space, such as Future of Web Apps and Treehouse, coding education platform. And in the Web3 space, he's helped launch a project called Moonbirds, which is one of the most successful NFT launches in history, selling approximately $60 million of NFTs in three hours. In this episode, we cover what are the differences between launching a company in the Web2 space versus the Web3 and Metaverse space, how Ryan picks and chooses which NFTs he invests in, and how he sees the future of the metaverse unfold. Ryan is someone I really respect. And one of the key things that got me really excited about the metaverse was once I saw really great entrepreneurs I've followed for years, moving from web two to web three and start building in this space. So now with 121 Fund, he's innovating again with what I believe is one of the first NFT venture capital funds out there. Okay, Ryan and uh, Ryan, thank you and welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Cool. So Ryan, first of all, I want to connect a couple of dots. Uh, I'm personally really excited to have you on the show today. Um, you know, you ran an event in 2015 in London. Now, you're founder of a business called Future of Web Apps, and you were running an event in 2015, and it was in London. And there I was myself, kind of just getting into the tech scene myself. I went along to that event, and mm. it had a big impression on me. I ended up, I did a interview with a speaker that you had speaking called Dan Martell. Don't know if you remember that mm, you had yeah, him speaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, founder of Clarity. Speaker. Yeah. Founder of Clarity yeah. at the time. And I interviewed him. We kind of hit it off, ended up doing some projects together. Basically, cut along, you know, he brought me to an event. I met somebody, uh, a coach at it who had a big impression in my life. Just basic, you know, it's one of those stories connecting the dots going backwards. A lot of really positive things that happened in my life started at that event. Uh, I'm sure, you know, when you're running an events business, maybe you hear that all the time, but I just wanted to, uh, just want to say that up front that, uh, you know, had a big impression. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's, so, I, I mean, that's why we did those events. So it's good to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'd love to start a little bit back, actually, in England. And uh, mm. I'd love you to tell me, in England, uh, you were starting a business called The Dropbox. Could you tell me a little mm. bit about that? Yeah, so um, I was a web developer at a design studio in London, and um, we were actually working for really exciting clients like Aston Martin and 
Rolls Royce and uh, we were helping out with some of the F1 teams and and um, we would have to send you know really large files to our clients you know Photoshop files or videos and this was in 2004 and you just couldn't do it um, you actually had to have this special kind of line uh, and I can't remember the name of it but it was it was like a type of a phone line that was dedicated to sending files and uh, I just thought this is way too hard to send large files. And so in my free time, I started building a web app uh, and that that was actually called Flight Deck. And that was the precursor to DropSend, which was it was the final app. And uh, I built it in PHP, actually used uh, my own server that was racked at a, a local um, co-location and just started trying to figure out how you send large files. And uh, it was really hard <laughs> back then. And so that business ended up growing into uh, what became DropSend, uh, which was uh, a simple, easy way to send large files. And uh, it's funny though, this was like pre, um, you know, Amazon Web Services. There was no cloud. Uh, it was really old school, but uh, ended up working in that and DropSend got acquired um, I can't remember what year. I feel like it was maybe 2008-ish or something like that. So it was a fun ride. Super cool. Super cool. And uh, yeah, I'd heard a story that it was originally called Dropbox. And then, of course, another Dropbox came out. So he decided not to, <laughs> not to, not to, not to choose yep. that battle. But I love to, uh, you know, connect a couple of dots there and start with that because, first of all, a lot of my audience are in the UK and you lived in the UK for for a while, mm. I know. And, uh, and also, you know, one of the things that always really attracted me to you as a builder in the Web3 space is that, you know, you've been there and done it in web two and i remember mm. you know i've already said that I, I knew of you before and then when i heard you were joining the the moonbirds team uh which i was already mm. following i was like dude this is amazing <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah and of course you know moonbirds was a was a amazing ride i'm sure i'd love to know from mm. a kind of entrepreneur's perspective you know you've built something that's grown in, in multiple things that have grown in web two um, and now you've done it in Web3. Like, what's it like from the entrepreneur's perspective? What are the key? Are, I'm sure there's many differences mm. Uh, mm. growing a, yeah. a Web3 uh, thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I start off in Web1, really, just building simple websites, then building Flash websites. And then um, when Web2 came in, you could read right to the web, you know, and we saw the, the advent of, of, you know, social platforms like Twitter um, and Facebook, you know, Web3 is just completely different. Um, it's interesting to build uh, a project. And so so the way that came about is uh, my previous company, Treehouse, uh, was acquired in December. And um, that was an online school that taught software engineering. And once it was acquired, I had more time uh, to really dive into Web3. And my good friend, Kevin Rose, uh, who was the first investor in Treehouse, um, was doing a podcast called Proof. And, you know, I just listened to every podcast I could get my hands on, watched a ton of YouTube videos, you know, uh, studied, read, talked to people, and then just dove headfirst in. And, um, and Proof was the first uh, token-gated community I joined. And I loved it. 
you know, it was, it, it was really interesting. Uh, the first difference is that you own the assets, right? Web two is, is very much like living on someone else's land. Um, you know, when you don't really own it, you kind of rent it. Um, and, uh, you pay with your attention and web three was fascinating because as soon as I owned a proof pass, you know, or any NFT, you, you actually own it. And, um, and then it was just a fascinating dynamic. And so I think building in that environment, um, you really have to switch to be very community focused, um, and, and create true value for your community, um, long-term. And I, I think that we did a good job of that at Proof, um, you know, building as much value as we could and then launching Moonbirds. Um, and uh, it's all about community. And that's actually why I love Web3. Um, it, it's very focused on building real communities, um, building real value for your community. Um, it's also a lot smaller right now. You know, I think the community in, in Web3 uh, is, is very small. Um, you know, there's a big event in New York coming up and it feels like everybody's going. And, um, and I think it's, uh, it's both good and bad that it's small right now. Uh, I, I think we're going to grow a lot. Super cool. And yeah, a lot of that community stuff, of course, is happening in tools like Discord. What kind of things do you find, you know, if you're comparing your, a, a normal week growing a business in Treehouse versus, um, mm you know, growing, say, when you were growing pr Proof and, and, and Moonbirds, there's a lot of things like you just can't do. Mm. You can't run run ads, for example. It's, you know. Right. <laughs> what what did you, yeah, like, it's almost like a new playbook, right? Or do you find there yep. actually is more similar than, than not? I'd just be curious. No, it's very different. So like you said, it's all word of mouth. So all growth happens through word of mouth. Um, you really can't do any paid advertising. I mean, you can, you know, through promoted tweets and a couple things like that, but, um, in general, the community reacts pretty badly to paid advertising, um, because the good projects spread by word of mouth. So there was, there was almost no traditional marketing budget, which was fascinating. Um, and instead what we'd focus on, uh, were things like Twitter spaces, um, uh, where we would, mm you know, hold a Twitter space, talk to the community. Um, and that was really fun and it worked well. Um, you know, you kind of live in discord and, um, and really it, it's interesting because, uh, at Treehouse, you know, we never had a, a chat room where all the students would hang out. Right. And in web three, you really do. So you, you literally get to hang out with your customers, uh, day to day. Um, in your community day to day. And it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's also, it can be intense because, you know, there's no filter between you and your community. And it, sometimes they're not happy with what you're doing. And I think being able to, um, you know, listen, but also not be discouraged um, sometimes or, you know, listen, but also, you know, say, we're, we're not going to do what you're saying and here's why you know, and, and talking through that is hard. So it becomes a lot about communication and community management. Um, uh, so that was some of the big differences. The other big difference is that you're deploying things on the blockchain and mm. there's no undo, you know, it's, it's, it's permanent. And so, you know, making sure your contracts are audited and secure is a big deal. 
Um, and I think uh, it, it it felt very scary to deploy compared to Web 2, where you know you deploy in Web 2 and you can roll back, you can do all sorts of things. Uh, whereas when you deploy to Web 3, gosh, if you make a mistake, you know you can you can lock up millions of dollars, you can lose millions of dollars, you can uh, lose your customers millions of dollars. It's it's pretty stressful. Um, to deploy. So, so, you know, folks learning solidity and, and blockchain development, um, is really, really key. And there aren't enough developers, that, uh, right now at all. Um, so those are a couple of the big things. Um, and then the other interesting thing is you're managing expectations a lot more. Um, mm. you know, the community, you know, it's a different dynamic where, you know, at, at Treehouse you would pay you know, $25 a month to learn how to code and you knew what you're paying for and you knew what you're getting. Um, whereas a lot of projects in web three, you know, you mint an NFT, um, on the belief that the team is going to deliver. And so whatever the team is talking about, they're going to deliver, uh, can, can, it, it really just kind of increases the, the, the hype and, you know, the, the word that, we use in the industry is FUD or fear um, and uncertainty and doubt where those two things happen real fast. Um, so everything feels faster and more intense in Web3, um, but it's also more honest and more uh, um, that you're more connected. Yeah, it's a super interesting dynamic that, uh, yeah, so people buy an NFT, they don't re there's not much of a roadmap. And it must be that fine balance. You guys are building all these exciting things in the project. So, you know, there's big plans for metaverse and, and these things, but you can't, you don't want to tell everyone at once. And one thing that the, that you and uh, you, you and the team are proof at the time, you and Kevin really did well, I think have always done well is uh, kind of under What's the what is it under promising and over delivering, which is maybe not what a normal Web two company would do. They just you know a lot of time mm. they just sell, you know they just mm. it's all about big big hype and then not delivering. Um, how did you internally get that balance right? Because I'm sure you were saying, guys, um, let's talk about this. You know, um, yeah, it is hard to manage that that careful line correctly. Um, I think Kevin Rose is very good. At, at communication and 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 delivering just the right amount of hype but um also being thoughtful um he's really good at that justin you know his co-founder mm. is also very empathetic and uh, he's a great communicator um he's very passionate so i think you know and then you know when i was on the team um i think i added on a layer of authenticity and and kindness and um and so i think us three we, we did a good job of that but it was it was a constant balance um but i want to credit kevin with you know where credit is due is that he's he's very good at, at public communication so you really need a leader who's great on twitter you know is great on twitter spaces feels comfortable mm. you know being in a crowd and delivering just enough information to get people excited but not over promising um and so I, I think the team did a good job of that. You know, now that I've stepped away from the team and I'm running 121G, uh, my NFT fund, it's fun to watch the team from the outside. Um, mm. you know, and, and 
see how they're managing that, you know, and to pop in the Twitter spaces as a Moonbird and proof holder, um, you know, and cheer them on from the outside. I think they're doing a great job. Um, it's all about uh, over communicating, being empathetic. And um, the, the tricky thing is, is, you know, Twitter is the main public forum in Web3. Mm. Um, you know, you have discords, but they're, they're like little silos, right? And the, the challenge with Twitter is that everyone's voice kind of has the same volume, mm. you know? So if you're, you know, somebody that really doesn't know much about Web3 or crypto or NFTs and you can say things, you know, to a project founder and they hear and see those things just as much as someone who's very experienced and, and, and learning to, to weight those communications differently and, and not, uh, get upset when someone's angry at you or not to get too excited if someone's supporting you. It's, it's, it's a very, uh, interesting dynamic. I took up meditation, um, uh, as I kind of got into web three, um, because I think learning to regulate, not even regulate, but like observe your thoughts and not necessarily interact with them, uh, becomes, uh, a key part of all that. Do you have a kind of, preferred app or practice uh that you like to follow mm. yeah i um i got started in headspace um you know just because it was free and looked good and um you know i don't have any affiliation with that um team or, or product but i got started in it started off just you know four minutes a day i think was the beginning and it was very hard at first and very weird um i thought i would fall asleep you know, or cause I, I, you know, feel tired or I thought I, my mind would wander. Um, but I think as I practiced more and more, um, I, I'm so glad that I, I, I do that now. So now I meditate, I try to meditate, you know, uh, around 10 minutes in the morning, uh, right when I wake up, um, I just go straight and sit down and do that. And then I'm trying now to remind myself to do almost like, a a, a little tiny meditation just in the afternoon. Um, just to remind myself, uh, to, to stay present. Um, so it's been good, you know, and I, I'm really thankful. Um, I've had so much encouragement and support in the community to do more of that. So I'd highly oh, recommend it. Awesome. Yeah. I use the waking up app by Sam Harris. I'm oh, sure right. you've heard of I it. Heard sure. I've heard, heard mm. of it as well. Uh, I like it. Um, so I think that's a lovely segue to what you're doing now with your fund, one two one g Have I got that right? 121G, yep. 121G. Um, so I've given a bit of an intro to it at the start, but uh, would you, maybe from your words, just maybe tell us uh, how would you describe it to somebody? Yeah. So the name comes from 1.21 gigawatts, which is a phrase from Back to the Future which is one of my favorite films. And um, I just thought it'd be fun to, to pick a name that's related to something I just love. Uh, and then my wife thought of the tagline, uh, the fun that you wish you could go back in time and invest in. <laughs> so I thought that was nice. a good tagline. And essentially it's a 100% folk, uh, NFT fund focused uh, venture fund. So we are, are only acquiring NFTs. We're not you know, buying equity or, or, or doing any, uh, kind of traditional venture funding. It's just purely focused on acquiring NFTs. And, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, we're, we're building the, uh, right now we're raising capital and then we're going to start deploying, uh, 
next month. And, um, I've learned a lot about venture capital. So, you know, I've been a CEO founder for 20 years, you know, run, you know, three companies done all that. Um, and it's really fun, interesting to be on the, on the venture capital side. So what we're going to do is we're going to basically find, uh, new projects from founders that are, are, uh, experienced. Um, they have a great plan. Um, and they're, uh, you know, have experience directly with building teams and shipping product. And then we're going to deploy capital into those projects, uh, on mint day. Um, and then we're going to hold those NFTs for the long term. And I'm going to be meeting with, uh, each, uh, founder team every month to support them, um, help them and also hold them accountable. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. So that's one part of the fun. The, the next part of the fun, we're going to be buying one of ones from some of the world's best artists. Uh, and then the third part of the fund is investing into the proof ecosystem. Um, you know, I really believe in what the proof team is doing. Um, I trust the team. I know them personally. Um, I just have a lot of belief in what they're doing. So, um, that's how we're doing it all. Uh, and, uh, it's going to be an exciting ride. Dude, this is super exciting. I'd love to uh, zoom in on one or two bits of that. So a traditional investor, uh, say angel investor, particularly, a, let's say a VC, uh, will have a deal flow, right? Uh, so mm. how how are you keeping on top of all of these hot, like, how are you getting your deal flow? How are you choosing what deals mm. to look, look at when there's, frankly, so many, right? I know. <laughs> um, so the way that I'm doing it uh, is two ways. Number one, we're going to launch a podcast uh, called 121G, and I'm going to be interviewing project founders. Um, so I'm going to go out and proactively reach out to project founders that um, I hear about that you know look like good uh, matches for the fund, and then interview them. And I predict, you know, maybe one out of five of those uh, will be investable for the for the fund. Um, so that's one way we're going to do it. Um, so, the second so, thing so is that pressure you know, on the interview, pr pressure on the interview. Then that uh, they've got a one in five chance <laughs> they got the, yeah. if they're in interviewed by the, on the podcast, right? That's the thinking, um, and so awesome. uh, we'll see how it shakes out, right? I mean, we'll see how it shakes out, but. And then the second thing that um, I'm relying on is just inbound, you know, because uh, I was a part of Proof and Moonbirds, uh, thankfully, um, you know, my reputation grew and I get a lot of DMs. Um, so Twitter DMs are my primary, you know, deal flow mechanic. Um, and uh, so far, I have a, a lot of deals to look at already. Um, some very talented teams to, to consider. That's interesting. So I remember, uh, you know, I've raised venture capital from in my Web2 days as well. And there's this like unwritten mm. rule of the Web2 investment world that you can't reach out to someone directly. You have to go through an intro. Uh, is that mm. true in Web3 investment or or is a, that, like reaching, is a founder reaching out OK? Um, I mean, it, it, I, I don't think human behavior has changed right in web three and, and a, a warm intro is always a, a better path if you can get it. Um, but I do read, you know, I try to read every DM I get. Um, so, and there's some potentially good stuff in there. You know, I, my advice to, you know, founders is pretty simple, right? You know, um, and this is based a lot on, 
my experience and also books like how to win friends and influence people. You know, how, how do you get on someone's radar? Well, you know, you have to start by building a relationship with them, you know, and that takes time. So, you know, get involved in their, and, in, in replying to their tweets, you know, um, support what they're doing, you know, uh, help them if you can. There's just a lot of things you could do first to have them be, you know, willing to listen to you. And then, you know, when you slide in someone's DMs, you know, the last thing you should do is pitch right away. You know, you should be trying to offer help or supporting or encouraging. And then, and then, you know, later on maybe saying, Hey, I've got a project I think you might want to know about. Um, I think that's great. And then, you know, physical networking is always very powerful, you know, meeting people at events and, um, shaking hands and, and building real relationships in person. Um, I, you know, it blows my mind that, that people think that they can just come in hot, you know, and say, you know, Hey, can I book a meeting with you? It's like, well, you know, no, um, you know, you, you need to kind of, uh, help me understand why, why we should meet because both of our time is valuable. Mm. Um, and so I usually tell people a really good thing to do is, is, you know, get to know someone first and then, and then when you do pitch, you know, record like a three minute loom video, um, where you just walk them through the idea. Hey, here's my idea in three minutes. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, then they can decide if they want to meet with you after that. You know, someone's not going to agree to a 30 minute meeting, you know, without having any context first or any desire. So you got to build, it's like, you always have to sell the next meeting, right. Um, versus selling, you know, the investment, right. So, um, that's the key to remember. Yeah, it is that classic. There's a lot of dating analogies there, isn't there? Uh, a lot of people try and just get married on the first Twitter DM, right? Um, so yeah, it yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um, so, all right. So you have a list of potential deals that have some have come inbound, some you've heard about, so you've got intros. How are you analyzing? Because there's a lot of people that may not have the, you know, be, may not be a VC uh, uh, from an NFT perspective, but, you know, maybe investing themselves. And there's probably some lessons there. Could you, hmm. uh, without, you know, I'm sure without giving anything proprietary away, is there a process you go through uh, that you, hmm. yeah, could you share, share how yeah, you do that? Yeah, there's, there's some somewhat of a process. So, um, you know, usually f the first will be a gut reaction to the idea. You know, do I think this is a good idea or not? Um, you know, if I just think I don't understand it or this seems like a bad idea, obviously that's the first filter. Um, the second will be, okay, what's this, what is this founder's uh, experience? Um, so what have they done in the past? Cause it's all about betting on the founders. Um, you know, the idea is going to change wildly, whatever it is. Uh, especially in web three. Um, so the, the next thing I'll do is I'll look at their LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, I'll look at their Twitter profile and, and just figure out, have they actually built anything before? And they didn't have, they don't have to be a CEO founder, but you know, were they, uh, you know, a product manager or a director of product or were they an engineer or a director of engineering? You know, do they have real world experience building real stuff? Um, uh, and, or are they a charismatic leader, you know, with a, with a huge following, um, you know, some of the, the, 
folks that I'm talking to now and thinking about investing in are, you know, uh, massive uh, musician creators, right? So they have, you know, 30 million followers on Instagram, you know, uh, you know, millions of followers on Twitter, you know, so they've, they've built a real community and they're not, you know, product people, but they've built a real community and they actually want to um, uh, build value for that community. So it filter the person next or the founder next. Um, and then usually what I'll do is then do a, a Zoom call um, or, uh, an, a, or a podcast interview and then say, talk me through the idea. Um, you know, and I think that's a really interesting time to kind of see how a person thinks, you know, figure out how genuine they are. Um, and, and then, and then after that, you know, then it's usually another meeting. So, but we haven't, we haven't decided to deploy any capital yet. Um, I'm, I'm holding fire till next month. Uh, so it'd be really interesting to, to put that first capital to work. Hmm. What I'm hearing is uh, one big part is the founding team. So it's very similar to seed stage investment. You know, an angel mm -hmm. investor very or early stage VC will very much back the founders because the idea is probably going to evolve anyway. Um, yeah. And I'd love to zoom in a little bit on the first one. You say it's a, you know, you'll, it's an idea that you like it. Um, now, one part was that you understand it, which I'd say a lot of get a lot of deals get filtered out at that stage. You just don't even know what it is. Mm. But what can you describe what would make a deal that just makes you, you know, your eyes go big and you go, wow, this this is good. Mm. Um, there's so many different types of deals. Um, it's hard to, to generalize, but um, it's it's pattern matching. Right. So I've spent you know, the last 20 years, you know, building businesses and, and, um, and so you kind of develop this second sense or, or sixth sense for, hmm, okay, there's something there. And usually, um, it's something it's, it's solving a large problem that hasn't been solved or it's tapping, you know, into an opportunity that, uh, has been overlooked. Um, I mean, there's so much opportunity with web three, actually there's 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 so much opportunity i mean it's uh we're so early that it, that's not usually the problem it the the usually the thing i look for is the founder it's it's the idea is even less important um it's really about the founder and the team more than anything so gotcha and do you use any tools there seems to be more and more tools coming on the market now to help investors or certainly retail investors mm. kind of choose good projects do you have any kind of uh, tech stack that you use on a daily basis mm. not really i mean i have a couple things i use nansen um mm. uh, for you know market information that's very helpful um and then uh that's the main tool i use at the moment i use uh tools like uh, wgmi.io to manage you know my portfolio but that's pretty straightforward um you know i think some of the other tools uh that i could use but I, i'm not using at the moment are gem dot uh, xyz uh, uh it's great um, for sweeping floors and acquiring nfts quickly um you know obviously ledger um is is very important it's my hardware wallet solution um we're using enterprise uh, ledger enterprise um with you know 
hardcore security for the fun. So those are a couple of tools, but honestly, the biggest tool is, is human interaction, you know, getting on zoom, um, getting on calls, you know, talking to founders and really listening to them, you know, talk through their ideas. So it's very, it's very human <laughs> and less, less technical. And then as the industry matures, it, it will become more, um, uh, you know, instrumentized, but at the moment it's, it's a lot of just talking to people, which I love. So super good. Uh, I, I'd be curious. Uh, I have my ledger and anyone not familiar with the ledger is this for cold storage It's highly recommended for security. You get some kind of cold storage device for once you're investing in the web three space. How, how does that work for a fund? You, you mentioned something called enterprise uh, ledger. I'm actually not familiar with that, but mm. it, it must be something a bit more robust because having such a large amount of ether one device would scare you know would be scary right so how how does how does how do you store such a without giving any security stuff away of course how does the high level work so the um so ledgers typically uh for consumers are one device right Uh, it's like this metal fob right that you use um and it's secure as long as you know you're not giving your seed phrase away to anybody, and and um, so even if someone you know finds your ledger device, uh, if they don't know your pin, they don't know your seed phrase, you're fine. But that's not secure enough for you know a fund that's managing tens of millions of dollars, right? And so Ledger Enterprise takes that security and and, and ups it even further by having multiple devices that are spread out geographically. Um, so even if somebody, you know, uh, found me and, and, you know, uh, found one of the locations, it wouldn't matter. I couldn't do anything. Right. You know, I can't move funds. I can't access the wallet. I can't do anything. Like you'd have to be in three physical places at once. So it's all about spreading, you know, risk geographically out. And then on top of that, um, they have really amazing, um, uh, layers of, uh, rule setting. So you can say, okay, you know, in order to interact with the wall at all, you you know, you have to be dealing with this contract address or you have to, uh, be sending money to this wallet. So you, you can allow list, um, things. It just gives you this really fine grained control, um, which is very important. Um, my investors expect that I, I require it. Um, you know, we're dealing with large amounts of money here now. So it's, it's important that it's, uh, it's, it's not just me walking around with, uh, even a hardware wallet. So for sure, for sure. Um, what something you were discussing was about, you know, when you see some strong founders that have invested, that have, you know, got, got a good track record. And I, I know there's a lot of people in web two that have, good track records that are starting to look into web three now what would Hmm. you say to say an entrepreneur or a builder wanting to build something in the web three space but you know it's almost like there's so much opportunity how to how to get started Hmm. um i'd say first um just get involved um without trying to build something right away so um you know the way that i got in was you know uh, buying a proof pass getting in the community um, you know, watching, you know, 
hours and hours and hours of YouTube videos and listening to podcasts. So I would just immerse yourself, number one, uh, with learning and, and getting involved in a community. So pick, you know, an NFT community, uh, you know, buy the pass, get in the discord and just start absorbing and learning. Um, and I think as soon as you do that, you'll start to, to spot potential opportunities that you care about. Um, uh, so I think that's the way I would start. Um, also, you know, web three seems very complex and very intimidating at first cause it is, but, but, but actually like once you get about a month in, um, things really start to make sense. Like, Oh, I understand what a layer two is. And like, I, okay, this is how, you know, this wallet provider works. And like, Oh, that you kind of start to get it. And then after that, it's, it's like, Oh, this basically makes sense to me. Whereas at first it's like super intimidating, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it feels like the learning curve is very steep cause it is, but then you level off pretty quick. So don't be discouraged. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions on Twitter. Um, you know, a lot of the conversation is happening on Twitter. So I would just go on Twitter, you know, start following some folks, you know, start, um, you know, jumping into some spaces and listening to, to, to those conversations. And by and large, the community is very welcoming to new folks. Um, and everybody in crypto and web three wants more people to come in. Uh, so it's like, we all believe in welcoming more people and, and, and encouraging everybody to get involved. And do you have any resources that you find yourself going back to time and time again? Is there any say newsletters or any hmm. books? I don't know that you read that you would recommend to somebody. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple I would listen to the proof podcast. I think if you're, if you want to know about NFTs kind of listening to it from beginning to end, there's, you know, I think there's, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 episodes. So it's, it's not that much listening to them on 1.5 X, you know? Um, and then, uh, I would also listen to bankless bankless is a great podcast. Um, there's a lot of episodes, so it can be a little overwhelming. Um, uh, and then, I would watch, uh, you know, a couple of YouTube videos. I think just kind of start going with YouTube and, and podcasts and it's a good place to start. Um, things change pretty quickly. So I'm more of a visual learner too. So I tend to uh, like um, videos. So, yeah, uh, someone just asked me that question earlier today and I recommended Proof Podcast and Bankless as well. So they're two great, <laughs> no way. great recommendations. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And even like I just last week went back to the starter proof and are re-listening to everything. You know, it's just so good. Some great stuff in there. Cool. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. I'd be as someone who's grown uh, education business. I know you're you're very deeply driven by your why and about helping people and mm. helping people have a better future. So, and of course you've built a very successful uh, education business. Um, what's your thoughts on education in Web3 and how that's gonna play out? Cause it's, it's hard, you know, and a lot of people don't have the mm. discipline maybe to figure the stuff out by themselves. How do you think that's gonna play out? Have you seen anyone doing it well? Um, I think Web3 will completely disrupt education. Um, so what, what will, what I think is going to happen is that we'll see, uh, um, 
the skills and knowledge you have uh, get recorded on the blockchain. So right now, you know, LinkedIn is somewhat, you know, the source of truth on someone's career, education, you know, maybe um, their skill set, you know, um, and it's very disparate. And then you have maybe a resume, you have a website, like it's, it's hard to really get to grips with, you know, how much somebody actually knows and their, and their real experience. But, but it becomes very easy to know these things using the blockchain, right? So for instance, you know, when I go work as a web developer at, you know, company ABC over here, you know, that job experience should be, and probably will be uh, recorded in the blockchain, right? And, mm. and the skills that I pick up while I do that will also become, they're not NFTs because they're, they shouldn't be transferable, right? Um, to someone else. If you, if you, for instance, learn PHP, um, you know, or marketing and you do a project, you know, that should be attached to your identity um, on the blockchain um, permanently, right? And you mm. can carry these things around with you and they're not trapped inside LinkedIn or, or inside, you know, your, your website They're they're just uh, permanently on the blockchain. So I think that's where we're going. Therefore education will completely change. Right. Um, so with Treehouse, we had badges and actually, we'll, I think we're going to see things like, you know, skill units or knowledge units or badges or, or whatever they end up being called. And those are attached to you as a person. And, um, and so I'm very excited about it. I, I think education will completely change. Um, and uh, there are a couple um, startups that are beginning to do this. Um, and I'm uh, forgetting their names, but but this beginning to, to happen. Um, mm. And I'm really, really excited about it. I think, you know, I, I've believed that the tr traditional university model uh, would be disrupted for a long time now. I've believed that for, you know, 15 years and I still think that will happen, but I think web three is actually the mechanism to do it where you have, uh, tokens and knowledge and blockchain. Um, and it, I think it's really exciting. Um, so I don't think I'm going to be the one to tackle it. You know, I've done my time in education and I'm glad I did it. Um, and, uh, but I think there's gonna be some entrepreneurs that come up and do something really exciting. Super cool. So at the time of recording, the market is going through some wobbles, to put it, uh, to put it mildly. <laughs> a little bit. And, yeah, a little bit. And, uh, you know, how, how do you feel about it? I suppose on one side, uh, how do you kind of manage your... Uh, your kind of mental state going through it. I, mm. I, I'm 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 gonna guess here. On one side, you see, you know, some of your assets gone down. On the other side, mm. potentially it might be a good time to invest capital with a fund because chances are things are going to go up yeah. again, um, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. So, how are you feeling about yeah. it? So, I I really try to invest in things that I believe in long term, and. I did that with, with stocks, you know, I, you know, I've always believed in companies like Tesla and Google and Amazon and Apple. And, and so I just bought things that I know and I believe in. Right. And I've, I've just ignored what the market is doing on those things. So I, I've been doing that since, gosh, when I started uh, buying stocks, you know, probably back in 2005. Right. So I've just been buying and holding for, you know, 
for almost two decades now. Right. So, so it's like, I'm, I'm used to that. And, you know, you would see these wild swings. I mean, you know, just, just even look at what Tesla has done it, and wild up and down and, and huge all time highs. And then it starts crashing. And, but I know that Tesla is going to change the world. And, and, and so I'm just sitting there waiting. So I try to do the same thing with web three. So I bought into projects that I believe long-term in, I haven't made all the right choices. Um, some of those have worked, some of them haven't. Um, you know, I believe things like Ether are gonna change the world, right? And yes, you know, Ether is wildly, you know, volatile um, right now, but I'm a long-term believer. And so I've been strangely um, emotionally disconnected uh, from this. Like I don't, I don't feel up or down right now. Uh, I'm frustrated with the timing a little bit because it's like for, for two reasons, it's really good for the fund. Like 121 G mm-hmm. is going to be deploying capital at, at what feels like, you know, close to the bottom. Right. So it's sure. like, okay, well that's good. You know, I'm excited about that, but, but it, personally I need to divest myself of all my personal NFT portfolio. So for legal compliance reasons, I can't, own nfts personally uh because of conflict of interest um Mm. and so i need to divest myself of my entire portfolio right now and so it's like it's hilarious like i'm literally selling at the bottom you know and it's like oh well i i can't i can't control everything and this is you know say la vie so it's kind of funny it's like both an awesome opportunity for 21g i'm really excited but it's like terrible timing for me personally and it's like oh well you know, wow. life goes on. Other than the uh, Moonbirds and Proof, of course, what is the one uh, collection or project or NFT that you're kind of most sad to have to sell personally? I mean, it's definitely Proof and Moonbirds. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I, I mean, and I, I, I've been very public around the fact that the fund is going to be buying, you know, into Proof. So I, I will still be a part of that ecosystem, but yeah, I don't, I don't want to give those up. Um, I love them; they're great. So, and there's a couple others. I mean, uh, I, I'm, I love uh, Gossamer, who runs Tiger Bob, you know, and I, I, you know, uh, I'm gonna have to sell my Tiger Bob, and um, I love Dead Fellas, so I'm gonna, you know, gonna say goodbye to those. And um, Woody's, I love Woody's. There's all these great projects run by really good founders, you know, who I've met in person who I know them. So I'll be sad to see some of those things go, but I, I, I just have a long-term mindset here. You know, we'll, we'll, I'm just looking at long-term. I mean, there's, I, I am absolutely convicted to my soul that, you know, web three blockchain crypto NFTs are the future. Um, mm. So it's just, uh, you know, marching towards that. For sure. Um, I'd love to just shift gears a little bit for, love to get your take on this thing called the metaverse all right it's Mm. it's one of those things people talk about no one really knows what it is um what (laughs) do you where where do you see this thing called the metaverse in say three years five years what how do you think it's going to play out huh three years um i think we'll see uh augmented reality be the first kind of actual version of this 
I think Apple will probably be the one to ship glasses. Um, maybe Facebook slash Meta, um, but I, I'm pretty sure it'll be Apple. You know, they'll ship you know glasses that uh, start to allow you to see things in augmented reality. And you know, the 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 exciting things about NFTs is you know those can be ownable assets. Like those 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 are real things that are worth real money um, and have real value. And uh, there's a startup called Gowala, um, uh, and I'm friends with the founder Josh. I don't own any stock or have any financial you know play in that, but they're starting to do physical location and NFTs, right? So I think mm. you're going to start to see this world where you you know you're wearing your Apple glasses, and you know you walk down Regent Street in London, and and you know you start to see these NFTs that are in the physical space, and you can interact with them. Um, you can unlock things with them. There's just so many fun ideas when you start to play with, you know, NFTs in, in geographic locations. And we saw this with Pokemon Go, right? I mean, mm. the beginning of merging those two worlds. So I think that's the beginning of, of the actual metaverse. Um, I don't think people want to wear VR headsets and be in a, you know, a digital world. I, I, th I think we crave human interaction um, and we're, I think we're very far from that, you know, being a thing. Um, but I do think we're starting to see the metaverse now. So, so what humans love to do is signal wealth, influence, and power, right? Um, mm. you know, why do people, you know, wear designer clothes or drive, you know, fast cars or, or, uh, wear nice, you know, sunglasses. They like to signal wealth and power and influence, and now that you can do that digitally with an NFT, you know, that behavior is becoming very real. So, so in a sense, you know, when you change your PFP to an NFT um, uh, and folks know that NFT is worth a certain amount of money, it's a way to signal that in, in, in the metaverse, quote unquote, right? Um, it's very, it's a 2D metaverse, but it is, it, you know, um, it's, it is a metaverse. So that's going to happen. I'm not sure how this, this land sort of phenomena will shake out, you know, um, what we're seeing are things in like Decentraland and Sandbox is that nothing's really happening there, right? You know, sometimes like Snoop Dogg came in, you know, bought some land in Sandbox, did a party. That was exciting, but but now what? And, and I, I think now everyone's kind of waiting around. Well, now what? And then obviously, you know, Yuga, you know, shipped um, the other side and there's other deeds. And, but again, what's happening, nothing's happening. Um, so I'm, I'm not bullish on digital land right now. Uh, I'm more bullish on uh, NFTs in augmented reality. Um, I think, I think humans relate to that more. Um, I'm sure we will have actual metaverse land in the future. Right. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the next three years, the next five years. Um, you know, I'm a digital optimist and, and so I tend to think things are going to happen faster than they do. I'm usually right, but they just take a little longer. So I think we'll see true like virtual reality metaverse, you know, maybe in like a decade. Um, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's cool. Yeah. It makes sense. The augmented reality is more of a stepping stone, whereas the, the whole walking around with VR glasses is a bit more of a jump, isn't it? Um, did you mm. pick up any other land yet yourself or? No, no, I, I 
deployed all my capital into Moonbirds. <laughs> so yes. Um, so I had uh, no dry ETH at that point. Um, I'm kind of glad I missed out because you know there's a huge gas Dude. war and and obviously the markets crashed since then. So cool. So Ryan, I'm just going to start kind of drawing things to the end. Um, just before we go, I'd love to. You know, there'd be people on listening to this. We have a lot of people in, from the investment world, startup world who, you know, may wish to get involved in your 121G fund. And uh, can you talk a little bit about the type of people that you've found are investing? Are, in your, is there still possibility to join the fund? And if they could, you talk a little bit about how they could do that? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Um, so you can learn more just by going to 121g.fund. Um, and we the minimum investment uh, is $72,500 per quarter. So the way it works is it's a quarterly rolling fund and you have to commit to four quarters. So um, you've got to be someone that is prepared to do that. So that's $290,000 total. Um, and then uh, you also have to be uh, an accredited investor for U.S. Uh, uh, securities laws, but you don't have to be a, an, in the U.S. I've got a lot of investors who are in, in England and Japan and Australia and other places. So um, that's pretty much it. We do have a couple spaces open right now. Um, and every quarter there's new spaces that open up. So um, check out the site. Uh, also hit me up on Twitter. I'm just at Ryan Carson. Um, if you want to chat more about it, um, all of the LPs or investors are, are being invited into a private discord. Um, so it's gonna be a lot of fun to, to hang out and chat with, uh, the other investors. And we're going to talk about the fund strategy and, and invite our investors to invest with the fund, right? So as the fund deploys capital, we're welcoming our investors to co-invest with us and, 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 uh, participate in that. So that's pretty much it. Um, and I would love to chat to some folks about that. That's super cool. So I hadn't realized that it's, of course, you're deploying capital, but also you're building a very elite investment community at the same time through that that community. Mm. There'd be, a, I could imagine the level of conversation in that Discord will be hot. It's going to be, fun. <laughs> it's gonna be really good. It's going it, to be great. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and is it can can investment firms invest in, or is it purely individuals? Yeah, Just curious. Yep, we have a we have a few uh, funds that are investing. Um, the majority are are kind of family offices or or individuals, but there are a couple um, a couple investment firms that are investing, which is kind of exciting too. So it's a great mix of people, and it's really international. Um, really interesting folks from different walks of life. Uh, and it's a four-year fund, so it's going to be a really interesting four-year journey together. Super good. So, Ryan, I want to respect your time. Uh, thank you very much. It's been absolutely fantastic having you on. As I as I mentioned, you know, we, we you know we go back. We haven't met before, but uh, you know, yep. I was really excited <laughs> about about this. Um, let's just. I know you mentioned it a few seconds ago, but let's just repeat. Um, if people wanted to connect with you, follow you, I know you do Twitter spaces quite often, which I've tuned in on are really useful. So if any time you want to just Thank listen you. to what Ryan is looking at or, uh, you know, ask him a question, you, you just that's a nice thing about Twitter spaces. Just jump on and, and chat to you. Um, how could they follow you? And again, if you give the website for your 121 fund. 
Thanks. Uh, so the best place is Twitter. I'm just Ryan Carson. So twitter.com forward slash Ryan Carson. Um, and then the fun site is 121g.fund. Um, and I'm pretty friendly on Twitter. So feel, feel free to say hi. Dude, Ryan, thanks so much. Thank you. It's been a blast. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. All right. That's it for this episode. Want to thank you for listening. If you want to get the links and the show notes, just head on over to our website, frontieroftheMetaverse.com. And if you like this episode, please do share it with anyone you know interested in all things Metaverse. And of course, you can subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Would be very much appreciated. All right, I'll see you in the next episode.